What's up, fellow Zeros? Thanks for tuning into Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that wouldn't get it. I like it. Me too. My name is Joe, and with me here to talk about the movie Joker, I have two other talk show hosts. Okay. Ooh, okay. That's, what I, that's what I thought of right before I sat down. <laughs> and their names are Corey. The podcast I forgot to punch out. And sequel. The podcast I brought a gun to a children's hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I didn't think that. It's the only one I could think of. Before we talked about Joker, though, we have to let you know what else we've been watching this week. Hey, sequel, what do you watch? I watched Insidious. I love that movie. It's the second time I've seen it. I fucking love that movie. It's very good. I haven't seen Insidious 3. I've seen Insidious 1 and 2 both in theaters. And this is the second time I saw one. Is Insidious 2 the last key or whatever it's called? No. Is there another one after that? There's three Insidious movies. One of them's the last key. One of them's the last key. Then it's the third one. one. I didn't know if there was three or four. I've seen the second one. The second one's not quite as good. And normally they're not, right? This yeah. is horror sequels usually. Really tough to follow it up. Right. But Conjuring's yeah. probably, in my opinion, the closest okay. follow-up as well. I've only seen the first Conjuring, and I mm-hmm. thought it was like close to perfect for a horror movie, so I didn't continue on. It It is. I agree. I also watched Science of the Lambs. Fantastic. One of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, it's a really good one. I've talked about it before. Um, I bought a bunch of Blu-rays and Spider-Man Far From Home being one one of them. So that would be the third time I've seen it. First time I saw it in the comfort of my living room. First time you could pause it. Exactly. That movie's amazing. It's so good. And I like it even more now that Sony and the MCU settled their dispute. uh, Because I I gotta admit, I was really down during it. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to watch this because it's just going to make me really sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I, I can't see the continuation, but I'm it's a bad place to end it if you're going to be losing yes. Spider-Man. Yeah, there's like, was was Marvel just that cocky? I don't know. Did, did Disney just be like, "There's no way Sony's not going to continue to give this to us," and that's what happened? Like, I don't understand how. I I just even even if they were, I still don't think that that's a play that you do. Just shout Without out having done it already. Shout out to Tom uh, Tom Holland for getting uh, the CEO of Disney on the phone and sitting him down and <laughs> making making him make this work because listen, Mr. CEO, right? Well, listen, he, Mr. Disney. He's British, but I can't do the accent. What's his name? Bob Iser. Bob. If I if someone said it, I would know if it was his name or not. It's like a I don't Robert think it's Iger. Eisner. That's okay. it, Bob Iger. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's Michael Eisner. Somebody from right. some other network. I think Bob Iger is the one. Michael Eisner is the former chairman and chief executive for Walt Disney from uh, September 84 to 2005. Yes. Okay. For a long time. Anyway, yeah, that movie's great. And the last movie I watched is The Great Mass Detective. Yes! <laughs> because you love that movie and it's your favorite Disney animated movie. Yes. From, is that is that from, why... This, from my childhood. Is that why we... Is that how this came up? For animated? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking, because Disney's plan is to make all of their animated features into live action movies. And I'm, I'm browsing for Blu-rays. Great Mass Effect is on Blu-ray. I have to buy it. Sure. Watching it, thinking like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> I don't... You know what? As long as they don't give it the catch treatment. Oh. Yeah, I forgot that, that's a thing. Yeah. It looks I mean, so weird. It, does it look, looks it looks awful. really weird. But yeah, so... That's it for me. 
Four outstanding movies. It really was a good week for you. Banner week in the sequel household. Yeah, solid, man. <laughs> Jesus. Corey, now it's your turn to try and top that. Nah, it's not going to happen. What'd you watch? But what I did watch, I did watch um, two movies. One is something that Sigour brought up last week that I was like, I'm going to fucking watch it because you guys said it was on Prime. Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. It, nice. I, uh, I kind of forgot how much I liked that movie. It's a good one. Yeah. It's not overly gory. No. They're not particularly trying to hide the creature and you just find, really want to rip that band-aid off and see it. Like, they show it to you pretty early and you see it often. It's good. It's a very straightforward, cookie-cutter monster movie. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's done well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's underrated, in my opinion. I'd say that's fair. One day I'll see it. I think that, I think that it's, one, it's probably one of my favorite movie monsters. It looks a little too close to a Xenobite. What is that from? Aliens. Alien. Ah, right. It's one of my favorite movie monsters because no one brings them up. Yeah. So. My, one of my best friends from home, um, she's like the person that got me into tattooing. Like she, she went with me for my first like six tattoos. I went with her for her first five or six tattoos. Pumpkinhead sleeve. She does not have a pumpkinhead sleeve, but she has an entire leg that is all um, movie monsters. And Pumpkinhead was like the second one she got. That's great. What so was she. The first? Um, it's okay if you don't remember. Norman I want to say the first one was Sam from Trick or Treat. Okay. I want to say it was okay. Sam and then Pumpkinhead. He's very distinct looking, Sam. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Kind of similar, too. Yeah. A little kind of similar. But either way, she sent me the picture right after she got it done because I was up at school at the time. She's like, check out my new, my, my new um, addition to the leg. I was like, whoa, Pumpkinhead, that's a pull. Not Freddy Krueger, not Mike Myers, Pumpkinhead. I was like, good good for you, good on you. Uh, so my other movie is Seven Psychopaths. Okay. First time? First time. Nice. Also on Amazon Prime. It sure is. And there is one scene in that movie that I think stands out above 95% of the rest of it. When Christopher Walken leaves before the big shootout, before the final shootout, and he gets to the gas station, and the guy's like, put your hands up. No. <laughs> I was like, this scene, this scene is worth the rest of the movie alone, honestly. I thought it was so good. That interaction was amazing. I really liked that movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. I saw it the one time in theaters, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked that. One psychopath is actually two psychopaths. But that was a cool twist on it. Spoiler. Yeah, geez, Corey. That's fine. You have to find out the other five by watching it. Yeah. And I think that... You guys saw the um, mid credit scene, right? Yeah, Bob mm-hmm. Weeds. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I always turned it off. I almost turned it off Tuesday. once Tuesday. The... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like that he's like, oh. Oh, like... You know what? Tuesday doesn't work for me. <laughs> I thought that was good. That was good. Yeah. Overall, good movie. Joe. Yeah? What, what have you been, been watching? watching? Oh my god, you're almost unison. Almost. I was trying. I got two movies to talk about. First one I watched was Fury. I finally watched Fury. And? What'd you think? It's really good. It is. I was just talking before the podcast about how David Ayer, because he directed Suicide Squad... He's got a very varied range of movie quality. Suicide Squad's not good. Fury is so good. Fury's very good. 
Fury, one of the things that they did really, really well that a lot of movies a lot of movies that portray World War II get wrong. So this is the history nerd coming out of me. So, I had a feeling. If you watch the movie The Nighttime Firefight... Okay, if you're saying what I think you're saying, this is the thing I hate about the movie. But So every couple of shots, there's that one... The tracer bullet. The tracer bullet. I hate it so much. But it's tr- But that's how, they, that's how it was. It looked like Star Wars. It looked like a green bullet and a red bullet. bullet. Okay, yeah, the colors, <laughs> the colors were ridiculous. It does look weird. The, <laughs> col- the colors are wrong, but the... Achoo! The um, the amount of them. Oh my god! Every five so is a tracer. They actually, mm-hmm. they actually said that. Yeah. But I didn't like the color scheme. I guess it's for the viewer and to know what sides fire in which way and everything. It did feel Star Warsy to me. It was about like, what is this? Green, <laughs> green is good. Red is bad. <laughs> yep. Unless uh. it's next wing, and then unless it's next wing and a tie fighter, and then it's the other way around. Shia LaBeouf sure. went nuts for this movie, by the way. Apparently, he like opened his own face. He he stabbed himself in the face a couple of times. He refused to brush his teeth, and he actually pulled one of his teeth out with a pair of pliers. I hadn't heard the the brushing his teeth thing, but I heard about the the pliers and the stabbing himself. Part. Was yep. was that his version of going method? Going method yep, to see just, what it would be like to live yeah, in a tank for a couple weeks. Well, his character gets a face injury, so that's the. Yep. Well, that's yeah, sure, but like the bad dental hygiene. Yeah, I guess yeah, I so. I guess it's just not living, literally living in a tank for a while. Shia doing Shia things. He's really good in the movie, but I wish he wasn't quite so method, I guess. But to each their own. Who's your favorite in the, in the movie? My favorite in the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Michael Peña's character. Okay. Brad Pitt. Man, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's phenomenal in that yes, movie. Yes, he is. He's very good. I, every time I watch a Brad Pitt movie, I'm like, what is sequel talking about? <laughs> that's That's... Upper Brad Pitt. It's, it's he's so good. He's this phenomenal in it. Brad Pitt's moral values in the home of the uh, in the village that they ravage is like my favorite scene in the movie. When he when he uh, switches his eggs and gives yes. it to the girl. Yep. yep. So this actually brings me to my the reason I asked the question because I think not like not because he's a good person obviously but I love Bernthal in this. Berthold's I think he, good. he's, my, he's yeah. my favorite part of this movie. He's such a good secondary villain. Like you know that there's a bad guy in the Nazis, right? But to have another one amongst He's more a misunderstood hero. Like he's really just rough around the edges. He's super rough around the edges, but he's not somebody he has you moments. root for. But he's definitely not somebody you root for either. No. But again, it's it's war. This is yeah. what they did. Not that, mm-hmm. that makes it right or whatever, but he's just yeah. living up to that accurate portrayal. But he has redeeming moments where you see like that he's not a terrible person. Yes. Sure. He's just... War is crazy. Yep. War is hell. War is hell. He's not like Charlie in Wonder Woman, who's not redeemable at all. Because he's, he's not a useless. bad person. He's just, he's just useless. utterly useless. Completely. <laughs> but Charlie... Who will sing to us? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Have him do something, and Jeez. then we'll talk. Wasn't but, he supposed to be like a crazy sniper? Wasn't that like the line? That he was like, yeah, he's, great shot yeah, he was a great like shot, but he has PTSD. But right. like, he needs to do something else then if he can't fire. He the needs gun. to fire well, the shot in the plane. That's if he does it. Yes. Then it's all. Of Charlie's great. Yep. Charlie, absolutely. Charlie, hundred percent. Charlie. This is World War One. It's called shell shock. It's not PTSD. Okay. That's fine. My bad. It's the same thing. It's just I, I'm, I'm sure it is. Shock. Yeah, sure. Because they didn't come up with the acronym yet. They didn't diagnose it as an actual disease. Yeah. 
And that's Fury. And the other movie I watched was very different from Fury. I watched Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Okay. Right. Classic. Can you tell that we're kind of on a spooky movie train right now? It's, it's like it's definitely October. It's October. Mine was considerably less spooky than your guys' stuff, but it's fair. True that. I love Abbott and Costello. They still they're still funny today. This was in the forties, and like I still laughed. What's your favorite Abbott and Costello? I haven't seen enough to be able to go by name. I like the one that Who's on Burst is in, but that's right, not that's even the, their movie. That's the most famous. Yeah. Their uh, favorite favorite skit for me is the. Uh, the, the the math with twenty one. I love that bit. That's so. I good. I don't think I've seen that bit that yet. Bit. That's so good. Um, that is number two for okay. me. I am basic. Who's on first? Probably it's. I think it still holds up as something that's really funny. So it, I think it may have been the first time. Like my teacher showed it to me in class, and the whole point was to be like you don't need to have dirty humor like this was what humor was when like things were way more constricted like i was going to high school like at the rise of south park so we wanted to prove that like not everything had to be raunchy like that so that's like classic for me um being funny was, yeah without being blue is like the hardest thing in the world so, so crazy hard then it's the math with 23 mm-hmm. and the it's third 21. one 21 i'm sorry right, you're yeah. right and then the third one for me is the fishing i don't know if so they're on they're on a lifeboat on the side of a big ship and they're fishing for for food for dinner Mm -hmm. and he pulls one up he's like oh my god you caught one he's like yep 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 now we're gonna toss it back and we're gonna have a bigger fish and eventually he gets this monster fish in the boat and the guy's like we're keeping this one right nope 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 we're gonna toss (laughs) it back it's just like the motion of like showing like using the hands to like show he's gonna toss it back hysterical to me my two dogs are actually named after an Abbott and Costello movie. Which one? Melody and Horatio is a couple in one of their movies. Oh. Ah. Um, I can't... If I looked it up, I could tell you, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm on it. Sequel's on it. So I know what I'm YouTubing after we're done recording this. Good call. Abbott and Costello bits. Join me, won't you? <laughs> I don't know who I'm looking at. Anyway. I loved it. Good. That's what we've been watching. Let's get into the movie facts for Joker. Joker is a new release that just came out, which is 2019 right now. It's rated R, and it's two hours and two minutes long. Directed by Todd Phillips, who's directed mostly raunchy comedies before this. The Hangover. Blew my mind. All three of them. Yep. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, Brett Cullen. Really saved me writing by only having like five main people in this. For real. By the way, just to go off track for half a second, the time of their lives. Okay. Cool. 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 Cool, 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 cool. The budget for Joker was between 55 and 64 million. Depending on who you ask. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So far, it's grossed at about five days, 258 million. 105 million of that is domestic. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a really reasonable budget for a movie. Nowadays, sure. Yeah. Think about the, the other new releases we've covered, live action releases that we've covered this year alone. Most of them are in at least 100. This is a much more gritty, down-to-earth, For less sure. special effect meeting movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Movie. So that helps keep that budget down. The score is for the movie. What did people think? How did they like it? Rotten Tomatoes, 69%. It says certified fresh on the site, so I don't know how we'd play it here. I'll call it certified fresh if that's what it says on the site. It still, it has, the, still has the emblem. Did that just bottom out recently? 
No, it's been trickling down. It's okay. been fluctuating between see. 68 and 70. We'll get into that. The audience score in Rotten Tomatoes, 90%. IMDb, 9.0 out of 10. I think that's the highest IMDb score I've ever seen. Everything's For what we've done, right? For it things is... I've looked up and remembered. I think the highest... It's usually in the sevens. The highest... This was five years ago. It was Shawshank Redemption at like a 9.4. Sure. I think... I don't pay that much attention to IMDb scores. Metacritic, 58, and a user score on Metacritic of 9.3. Okay. The top three IMDb, highest scored movies on IMDb. Number three, The Joker with a 9.0. Number two is The Godfather with a 9.2. Wow. Number one is Shawshank Redemption with a 9.3. Oh, that's okay. crazy. Yep. The third highest IMDb movie. Anyway... Let's give you our general thoughts about Joker, which are spoiler-free. Don't worry if you haven't seen it yet. You're not in any danger for the next couple of minutes. Which one of you goes first? Corey, you go first. Hit me with it. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed this movie because I think that the performances in it, or I should say the performance in it, is astounding. It's not your prototypical comic book movie. If it, it almost begs the question does of does this even need to exist in the realm of comic books? Like the performance is prolific enough that you could have just made this about a guy who went crazy and ended it right there. Everything else is gonna be way too specific. Fair enough. Sequel, what do you think? I am all over the place with this. I saw it, my immediate thought was like I never want to see this again. It's dark, it's gritty, it's disturbing. It has stuck with me since I saw it, which, and I saw it last Saturday, so five days, four days now. I have so many theories. I kind of want to see it again now, just because I want to look at things in the background, that just to give credence to some, some of my thoughts. I can't wait uh, for us to get into that when we get into past spoilers. Of, of what's going on, and it's just like, oh man, what... Uh, it comes down to what's the ultimate goal of a movie? Is it entertain the audience or is it to like make you think? Because this movie definitely makes you think. It makes you think about everything. Although I'm going to say this. My main problem with it is that the fact it's a Joker movie. It's like kind of the problem I had with Solo. Like this doesn't feel like the Joker to me. I don't see a criminal mastermind in this. It's just it's more of a, a different take on the character. Yeah. So, But I have a theory about that too. Which I'm sure the rest of the internet has popularized as well so joe what do you think this is going to be the most difficult movie i've ever had to review and or score i the first half of what sequel said i am dead on i watched this movie i was like it's really a well-made movie joaquin phoenix is amazing in his performance but i left the theater and it kind of made me sick yeah and i'm like i don't think i ever want to see this movie again and it has stuck with me I had to buy a bag of candy leaving it just to cheer myself <laughs> up. So does that make me a sociopath for walking out of it being like, I cannot wait to see this again? Not at all. No, plenty of people have that. Okay, Not good. That makes me feel better. I've read plenty of things where people are all about this. So I'm really conflicted as to whether, yeah, like, is it its job to like get a thing out there? I'm really worried about this movie being misinterpreted and received in the wrong way. That's my biggest fear in the we'll, world. We'll talk about but that. But we will, yeah. yeah. And that's as far as we can go with that spoiler. So from here on out, we're going to be spoiling the movie Joker, if you haven't seen it yet. Keep going. 
Okay. I just want to say one gotcha. thing one day after you're done. Okay. If you haven't seen it yet, this is your chance to get out spoiler free. If you have, hang on and enjoy the ride. If you haven't, get out now. And spoiler starting right now. I just want to say, for all the opinions that we have in this movie, you can disagree all you want. Nobody here is wrong because there is no definitive answer to what this movie is. For sure. It's yep. all over the damn place. Watching it, you don't know what's actually happening, what's in his head, what's real, what's not. This is a very definition of unreliable narrator. They have a perfect example of that. And once you realize that, you question everything. I saw that coming so early yes, on. Yes, because that relationship makes no yeah, it makes damn no bit sense. of sense. No, no it, it doesn't. And, and I think that once that reveal... What's crazy to me is once that reveal happens, right? Once the reveal happens that the relationship doesn't make sense... Or, I mean, it doesn't make sense when it happens. But the reveal that it, it wasn't real... Right. Everything that has happened up to that point is suddenly in question. Yes. Yep. And more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, everything that happens after well for sure is insanely questionable the end of this movie and i mean not the end as in what happens after he leaves the murray show i mean everything between when he's sitting on the couch by himself prepping for the murray show to the end of the murray show when the murray show gets pulled off air i have no fucking clue if it happened or if it didn't no clue i i thought i was so sure I was so sure we were going to pan up at some point suddenly to his body on that couch before he puts makeup on. That could have been... I was so sure when he did the knock-knock joke and put the gun up to his head that we were going to find out that like all of what happened after that... That had never happened. That, it, that, it was, that would have been the biggest fuck you. It was like all of that was happening... In his head, like in his last moment. That could very well be the case, though, even without that reveal. For sure. Because they show a scene early on with him in a mental institution. He's banging his head against the wall. And then this movie closes with him in a very similar look in a mental institution. He could just have been retelling the entire events mm -hmm. of the film according to him. I love the one. It's not particularly subtle, but it's subtle enough with him walking down. And that at that final in that final shot, his feet, his footprints. Oh, yeah, the bloody footprints. Yeah, bloody footprints. He clearly murdered that lady. Clearly, yes. and it's just like I I like that little touch. It's not like he's not walking up covered in blood to really say yes he killed her, but like the fact that he's walking like with bloody footprints says he definitely did. Oh, so good. And okay. then they add the weird touch of comedy with like the orderlies chasing after yes, him. Yeah, like, it's like this movie is a little bit of a tone <laughs> problem. Yes. A little bit. But again, it's so he dark. He has a tone problem. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's it, the... it fits the Joker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my question. Does this movie capture the essence of the Joker? Kind of, a little bit. I'm gonna say one thing, yep. then I'll then I'll let you go. Sure. One of the most famous Joker quotes: mm -hmm. "If I'm going to have a pass, I prefer to be multiple oh, choice." Yes. This movie is a perfect example of that in more of a meta way. Like in Dark Knight, Heath Ledger tells his backstory three different ways. Yep. In this movie, we are seeing his backstory, but we don't know what's true and what's not. Sure. That is brilliant. That is brilliant, brilliant filmmaking. So for me, I think, and one of the one of the only issue, one of the only big issues I have with this movie is that I feel like it's 
just ever so slightly too slow of a burn to get me to a point where I'm like, yes, this man is the Joker. Once It is a little slow. Once the green hair comes out and he's going to the Murray show, everything that happens from then on to me is, yes, he's the Joker. His mannerisms on the show and the way he kind of like looks and walks towards the camera at the end before they pull the plug on it. To me, that is what I envision the Joker. I feel like that's the Joker acting that way. There are flashes. So there are, yeah, there are a couple of minor flashes when it happens. I'm like, that's the Joker to me. To me, the Joker is always one step ahead, smartest guy in the room, cunning, charming. He is insane, but he is insane yet composed. Sure. He's this, really unhinged in this. He is extremely unhinged And he unhinged lucks in into this. almost everything. Where it's like, I almost buy the theory that this might be not the Joker, but, but a, a Joker. Joker. The start of the Joker. Someone from the mob, from that mob at the end of the movie might have picked up the mantle. That's a possibility. There's, uh, there's no way of knowing for sure, though. It, it would honestly help the if they want to try to tie this into stuff, because he's so much older than Bruce Wayne in this. Yes. yes. Too much older like, than Bruce way Wayne. Way too much old. Way too much older. Is he yeah, supposed that works. to be 30? I think he's older than that. He looks older than that. Yeah. But, he, but his mom worked for... Thomas Wayne 30 years ago and he may or may not be the son of Thomas oh, yeah. Wayne and they don't they defunct it but then they there's clues that he very well might be you just don't well, know life has not been kind to this man no so no not at he all. might just look bad for 30 that's true he so look old. for me I was wondering once we unfortunately meet Bruce Wayne okay I'm taking you don't like that scene uh I will it, it's my the uh, fuck it, I'll just say it now. My least favorite part of the movie is... Please be the same as mine. Is us having to see the Waynes die. Yes, they uh, love killing this family for no reason. They're like, what's one more? It's just... This movie This movie is in the Gotham Batman universe, right? Clearly. Yeah. It's taking place in Gotham. We've met Bruce Wayne. Fine. But to see... Why the fuck... Why did it have to be that night? Why the fuck are the Waynes, who, up to that point, as far as we can tell, are very secluded in their house outside of Gotham... Well, Thomas Wayne is an asshat. He's a fucking douchebag in this. He did. It's the... It's the I like the it. The darkest I like, portrayal of Thomas Wayne. I, and, I, and you know what? In my opinion, I think that more likely than not, that's probably the real Thomas Wayne. It only serves to make this story even more confusing for me. For real. Like the movie, anyway. But the fact that the fact that we still had to see somebody follow Tom Wayne out of a movie theater after a fucking riot has exploded in the middle of town. Like, there's no movie theaters out closer to your rich, swanky-ass area? You gotta come in the heart of Gotham in the middle of a mob? Well, according to Arkham Map, no. This is the one theater. I guess yeah. so. The second he's, they, they step out the doors as a family, I, I almost audibly groaned yep. in the movie theater. I was like, no. I did. Can I defend the scene? Yeah, sure. You can try. I like it this time around. This from a shot perspective and a cinematography perspective. One of the first scenes you see in the movie is a Joker chasing a bunch of kids through an alley, getting hit in the face, and he's down and out in the alley, and the camera kind of pans back. I instantly thought of Batman's parents lying, like, dead in an alley. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then 
seeing that juxtaposition later on in the movie of like the same thing i was happy with it because it was they do that a few times in this movie like arthur walking up the steps after meeting with his um therapist or psychiatrist psychologist kind of like beat down by the world and he's all sad dejected and it's raining and he's heading to his shitty apartment and then him dressed up in the makeup walking dancing literally dancing down the steps it's like the polar opposite of that scene I kind of like the way they did that, and I feel that those two scenes in the alley uh, uh, fits that example. I like the staircase one, but they're, the the other two are not flips of each other. It's just, it's the same scene with different people. It's not flips, but it, again, it's it's just stylistically like. And then I think that's the joke that he's laughing at at the end. I don't know. I, I, I it worked. It? it worked for me. Well, it's, he doesn't know that the Wayne's died. I'm sure. I don't yeah, care. he he or, knows. Oh, maybe he. That's oh, yeah, what he's in the future. Yes. He's in the, yeah. All right. Maybe he does. And um, also, I thought when he shows up at the theater the first time and steals the bell, that he was going to shoot them. Yes. Yep. And I'm so glad I didn't do no, that. No. If sure. they had done that, I would have been even more angry than yes, I was. Yes. I I would have been. I think that was this movie's trash. That that's would. It. Yeah. <laughs> that that would that actually I think that would have instantly knocked off. One to three stones, from what I'm going to give it. it I'm it, not it, sure how many stones I'm going to give it, but I would have, have knocked off some. No idea what I'm going to rate this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive where I'm going to stand with it. So it easily would have knocked off at least one or two stones without question if he had, if he had been the one to do it. So not that this has to do specifically with this movie, but it's something that was like ringing in my head the entire time I was watching this. I don't remember the cat, the name, but in the Watchmen. Rorschach tells a joke when he's on the ceiling, when he's investigating. Oh, the clown joke? The clown joke. Pa- uh, it's Pagliacci? Pagliacci. That's exactly what it is. Thank you. I knew it was over with a P. I could not come up with the rest of it. I almost this... said Pavarotti. Totally different. <laughs> I think for whatever reason, Paparazzi was in my head. That's close. That's a Lady Gaga song. It is. <laughs> so the Pagliacci joke reverberates through this movie. Like I'm Pagliacci. Yeah, exactly, and, and that's exactly what it is, right? Like his his whole thing, all like supposedly all he wants to do is to bring joy and make people happy, and he's so broken and dead inside. His sense of humor is way different than everybody else's. Yeah, that was evident when he is sitting in the comedy club, laughing at the wrong moments mm-hmm. of the of the person's stand up. It was heartbreaking when he performed stand-up and he can't get a joke out because of his condition where he has uncontrollable laughter, which is a real thing. Yep. Holy crap. 100% a real thing. And there's videos of people with it doing the exact same thing Joaquin Phoenix is doing in the movie where it it looks like they're in such pain because they cannot stop laughing. What a terrible, terrible disease. Well, yeah, you ever have that laugh that goes on for way too long and that's constant for them, like that pain in your stomach? (sighs) Brutal. the really awkward scene when he's about to start talking to the therapist, like that, the first that goes on forever, and yeah. you're wondering what the hell is going on in this. Like, at that moment, I'm like, this movie's gonna be garbage, because it's just like I don't know why this is taking so long. Yeah, it took so long, and you know, but the fact that you, I think it was the following scene is the scene on the bus, right? It's with the kid. It's yes. nearby. I don't think it's exactly the next scene, but it's from the therapist to the bus to the steps yeah but maybe the therapist scene just takes so long that i yeah you think that it's two scenes yeah so it's nice that they didn't like they they didn't need the therapist to say anything 
They just let it happen, let it stew, let us try to figure out what the fuck is going on. And she, clearly she knows because it's not her first time seeing him. Of course, so, yeah. yeah. it makes perfect sense. So then the following scene, when it starts to happen, that's when he pulls the card out. Right. And... His little exposition card. Sure, yeah. But show, not tell. I mean... It's, it's, it's a 50-50. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as little, close as you're going to get. Column a, little column yeah, little I don't, column, I don't, little I don't know how else you... No, that's Dude. fair. Yeah. yeah. Other than him explaining it to someone, which is the same as giving them a card. So not, and it's just the way they, they just the way they edited the movie. Whatever. I don't think it was a cognizant choice, but they did not show her giving the card back. That also bothered me. It bothered me too. And I thought it was going to come into play where he would need the card and didn't have it, I and that's wanted... why they kick his ass in the subway. Uh, yes. Wait, no. I think he does. He does search for it. Like but, he does. But then he reaches to the bag like he knows it's in the uh, bag. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But we don't. We don't. Well, oh, he probably that's, has more than one. That's that's. Uh, yeah, I would hope they provide more than one. Oh, okay. like his boss has one. His boss, yeah, yeah showed him oh, the card. Right. So, but but still, like I like I wanted it to be more obvious like he it's always in his pocket so he goes into that pocket can't find it and then like that like just enhances the tragedy of the moment he might only have one on him because you can tell how worn that card is how many times he's had to hand it to people sure. mm-hmm. which is a really nice touch yeah and that brings me to one of the things that tears me up inside about how i feel about this movie because i know i i should not side with the joker however the movie tries so hard in that moment on that subway i'm i'm fucking with him well he hasn't done anything wrong yet so he just killed three people oh you mean mean after i thought you meant beforehand yep nope i mean i feel for i feel for it's still still self-defense for the most part yeah the third one is a little well he chases him off this yeah Yeah, that one (laughs) But that one could be. But I can like I can write that off as like an adrenaline. I, there's no way that they're gonna believe me over these guys. I have to get rid of all evidence that it was me. I thought he was gonna wash this, off his face when he gets to the bathroom too. This happened in the '80s. Yes, somebody was getting harassed on the subway, and he just killed a bunch of people. And he he had gotten he had gotten mugged on the subway a week or two before the right. event happened. Mm-hmm. Went out, bought a gun, purposefully started riding the subway late at night. Waiting for a group of kids to mess like, with them. Yeah, like the ones that messed with them the first time to mess with them again, and unloaded six shots into three kids. Got off, and there was he was like considered like a hero of the city for a time too. So then this was inspired by things. I've oh, this po- was inspired by a yeah, lot yeah. of things yeah. too. I like know. if you ever seen Taxi Driver, it's a lot like Taxi Driver. And I haven't seen the whole thing, but oh, it's very yeah. similar. And the King of Comedy, it's it's. Part of the like most of the plots ripped, uh, ripped off from King of Comedy, and then there's a like, whole the, the then on top of that there's a whole layer of seemingly modern day political satire, the the um fuck Occupy Wall Street movement. Yep. It, it isn't that far in the rear view. It's a social commentary of how we treat mental illness. Yep. It's the first thing that got cut. Yes. So there's a garbage strike. They need to start finding money somewhere. So what do they do? They cut a different type of garbage, quote-unquote, and got rid of social services. And also just taking it back to comic books, like Dark Knight Returns, when the Joker makes a talk show appearance, there's a Dr. Ruth-type character on stage, and he plants a big kiss on her. Like, yep. Isn't yeah. she actually Dr. Ruth? Um, I think her name is actually Dr. Ruth. In, 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 the, in the movie, it's like Dr. Samuel or something. I thought it was Ruth. No, Dr. Ruth's the actual person. No, I, I know that, yeah. but I thought... 
that they let her name it be was, Dr. Ruth in the movie. That'd be amazing. While you guys are looking this up on your phones, I'm going back to the train scene. Please. Just because it's not even anything significant about this movie. Does he fire seven shots with a six-shooter? Because yes, I'm pretty does. sure he does. Yes, he does. But that might... Unreliable narrator. Yes, that's Ooh. what that fits I'm gonna, in. I'm going to chalk that oh, up to God. that it's instead a, of poor filmmaking. It's, because it's not a mistake. It's an unreliable narrator. That, but that's a It good, could also be a mistake. It's a cop-out, right? Saying like, yeah, yeah but well, going back to the gun. It could go either way. Did Randall give him the gun? Yes. It would seem oh. to believe that yes, he did, but, but we don't but, know. But when Randall's confronted about it, he has no idea what the hell he's talking about. Oh, I thought I and thought Randall Randall's gives reaction. him the gun in the room with everybody around, and he's kind of sneaky, but he's kind of not. Anyone could look over the shoulder and see Arthur pick up a bag and whisper really loudly that he has a gun. I don't think Randall gave him the gun. I think he got the gun from someplace else. See, Randall gets all defensive... Yes. Like he did give him the gun when he when he tells everybody, oh yeah, I've got I still got to pay you back for that gun. So it's it's iffy. I'm I'm on I'm personally on the side that Randall Randall did give him the gun. I think he did also, maybe, maybe but not. I, I guess. But we can't trust anything in this movie, exactly. which is problematic. That is true. So one of you know what? No, I'll save it till we get the favorite scene because I think it might it might actually sure it might actually qualify. Do you guys think Thomas Wayne is his father? No. I did. I did. I did briefly, and I was mad at the prospect of it. I was really that's mad at what the prospect a lot, of it. So that was the rumor that that's going to be the, the, the biggest plot point in this, is that uh, Bruce Wayne and the Joker are half-brothers. And that's... Because I, I heard that months ago, and I was like, fans are going to riot if, if this turns to be the case. I think they by hinting at it, by making the accusation, by disproving it... But throwing subtle hints that it could still be true is the perfect way of playing it. So my thing, yeah, it, it it's certainly better is... than it just obviously being the case for oh, sure. Yeah, but that's the, terrible. The fact that in the flashback scene, I guess in the only scene that Arthur's not in the movie, it's uh, the only scene that matters or makes sense is um, his mother saying like thomas doctored the the, the documents it's a, it's a fake adopt which is he has the money and political influence to do such a thing and the fact that he picks up the photo of his mother and it says you have a nice smile tw on the back of it i don't think it's in her handwriting i can't be sure this is one of the things you're gonna have to look at closely if you see it again like they could have had something going on so it's plausible yes but let's go back to I mean, I, I guess for me, it comes down to math at that point. So, she worked for Thomas Wayne 30 years ago. Right. Which would suggest that if it if he were her, his father, that would make that to have had to happen 30 years ago. Bruce is 10? I was going to say 8 to it, 10. 8 to 10. Well, how old? And, and... But that would mean... In, that that would mean more more than likely, Thomas Wayne was in his fifties when he had Bruce, because he has to be near sixty. You figure he probably did that at thirty. He's probably in his forties or fifty now. I would say he's in his fifties and he probably knocked up Penny oh. if if he did in his twenties. I guess I, I guess that does I guess that tracks a little but bit you for me. Be... It just it just seems like it's the the timing just doesn't quite work for me and it goes back to that thing that he may not be 30 like he may have been fed that that was his birthday and his birth year but that but mom may just be going off of 
the day that she adopted him as his birth year, and he may have, may have been four at the time. We don't. We don't know. We, we don't know no anything idea. about him. We don't know. And thirty could be an arbitrary number you're throwing out there. Like, oh yeah, that happened thirty years ago. Like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so peculiar. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I I don't want to side with Thomas Wayne on that issue because I don't want to side with either of them because they're both just awful. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things where it's like the whole point is to be like, well, what makes more sense? Thomas Wayne is his dad. Or his mom's crazy and thought that, or whatever. Like it's it's. But that's what most makes most sense to the viewer. But what makes more sense for the context of the person telling the story? Exactly. It does, it's 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 so all over. We the place. can do this for just yep. about every single scene. We really literally. can. I I'd say literally every scene we can I do. I don't this. know what happened. Actually, well, I think luckily that we don't have time true. for that. I think there's a couple of scenes. The scenes that Arthur isn't in, you can probably... Well, no, no, even. he's in like 95% of the... It's in, he, in, he really is. Oh my gosh. I think that the, the only scene, the only scenes personally that I can confidently say that I'm sure of, when he kills the three people on the subway. Okay. And when he kills Randall. No, I can't. Never mind. I lied. The I only one I'm sure of Randall. is him being in the, the in the psych ward at the end. That's the only one I'm sure of. <laughs> And I'm going to go the scene where he goes into Zazie Beat's apartment and she's like, who the hell are you? Oh, like, yeah. That's fair. I'm pretty sure that Because that's a moment. That's probably a moment of clarity. Yes. Like, and that's another comic callback, too, because his line to her is, I had a bad day. And that goes right back to the killing joke where any person can be driven to madness just by having a bad day. You can be just like me. I almost used that as my line. Almost. That's <laughs> good. I think Zazie Beat's, despite not having a, a super huge role in this, is fucking phenomenal yeah she's good in it yeah, i didn't like that she was like a, lot a, to work a, a takeaway with, for she me doesn't. but she yeah she does a good job i i i i was just happy to see her working i guess and i think that she was she's so believable in the scenes where she's with him like where we think that before we realized that she never was like making me believe that maybe maybe see the second she's sitting in the back of the comedy club laughing I knew that she wasn't. They weren't really gonna like. That's a lot of people are saying. Because I was just like, no one's laughing at that. She yes. she doesn't know him well enough to to pity laugh. Right. Yeah, I guess. I also loved one of um one of the the possibilities for my opening line bet was from when she knocks on the door. Were you following me? I kind of wish you had come in and robbed the place. Oh yeah, actually yeah. no. I think it's that scene that I realized it was because that interaction is so not human. Didn't seem too not human. It. If you see her face when he holds the gun to his head fakely in the hallway... Oh, that one. And you see her yeah, reaction no. to it, and you're like, there's yeah. no way she just approaches his door and has that conversation with that was, him. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm well, it's the next day. Yeah, it is the next day, but still, if you have an interaction with somebody with your small child... You're not going to show up and be, like, flirty. The yeah. whole, like, time that she's with him, I'm like, she's definitely a single mom. Where the hell's that kid? Yes. <laughs> That's certainly... Gotham daycare, son. Gotham might care. <laughs> Gotham all day care. Okay, I see you. Had something. And I lost it. I hate when that happens. Yes. It's very Joker of you. Oh, one of the lines I was also considering for my opening line bet is the podcast that can't carry your tune. But he says it so fast at that moment, and I really wish that scene was... The scene's really good, but... Can't carry a tune. Because when he's on the Murray show and he admits to killing the three Wall Street guys, he goes, why'd you kill him? And he's like doing his uncontrollable hey, laughter. He says they couldn't carry a tune. Because oh. they, they were singing. 
sending, sending the, clowns, the clowns right before the kick which the makes shit that out of scene them. somewhat unbelievable to me. Also, like he probably killed the three of them. I have no doubt that he did. However, they probably weren't saying that. They w- probably weren't saying that. They might not even been doing anything. You just might have been fed up and okay, not so, doing enough. I guess that's fair. So the way that the scene plays out, the way that the scene itself plays out, it's that he's actually doing something. Not relatively, like, he's minding his own business, but, like, he's interrupting them being... It's somewhat heroic in an ironic way. Because yeah, because he's his not uncontrollable laughter her. gets them distracted from her right. and onto them. Now, is the, does he have this disorder where he has uncontrollable laughter, or is, does he just find inappropriate things funny? Both, probably. Right? Did he find the harassment of that woman funny? And that's why he couldn't stop laughing. The joke he tells on the on the talk show is, "Did you hear the one about the mother who loses his son to drunk driving?" Like that's and he's laughing about it. like that's not funny. And they even make it a point to say that's not funny, yeah. which calls into question his disorder. Sure. What's well, the the scene on the bus with the kid? There's nothing that you'd really even take as funny there. That that's, he starts laughing. That the mom's mad at him for trying to make I, her kid laugh. I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back. Maybe the irony. And and see when he uses each laugh. Because when he the 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 too long scene is like a relatively normal sounding laugh, and then in the comedy club, he sounds like he's in pain in that one. In yours, yes. In the in the in the the first scene we see him with the disorder, yes. quote unquote. Yes. Yeah. But what I mean is, there's also the like the quote unquote Joker laugh, the high pitched laugh, the high pitched laugh. He does it a few times where he's like he's just laughing to laugh. I want like I wish I want to go back. And see wins what? Because we know that when he's laughing inappropriately, or let's assume that when he's laughing inappropriately in the comedy club, that's his real, actual, I think this is funny laugh. When he's sitting down taking notes, or when he's actually When performing. he's doing the Joker laugh. When he's doing the Joker laugh taking notes. When he's taking, okay. Yeah. So he's doing it at the wrong time. Yes. Right? Right? Because that calls it, that brings up the, he doesn't know what's funny. Right. Right? Because he's kind of like looking around, because other people are laughing. So it's like, I don't know when to laugh to fit in, or I found the opening of this joke funny when the punchline is actually the funny part. Sure. Like, he just doesn't know. There's also the scene, too, when he has to go into his boss's office, mm-hmm. where Randall tells the joke about the little guy, and he does a high-pitched laugh, and he stops instantly. Yeah, as soon as he hits the corner. Like, that's, I think that's his high-pitched laugh is his I'm-trying-to-fit-in laugh. Yes. That's, yes. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, like... That's a, yeah, that's the figure like li- like seeing what the context is to each of those laughs and when he does it and like see if that reveals anything so to speak. It it's super God, this movie is strange. Corey, you go ahead and have a case study on this movie. I'm going to not. The the thing that I really want to see and I I want it to be there so badly. The sign. He gets hit in the face in the alley with the sign. He gets confronted by his boss saying, just give the sign back, Arthur. Like, if there's a scene in his apartment where that sign's leaning up, like, behind a piece of furniture or, like, against the wall. Like, he just went home and took the sign and that thing never happened. We're adding a whole new level to this. This is... (laughs) Well, that brings up... I was hoping it was going to return, like, a poorly made version of the sign. Like, cardboard with everything misspelled. (laughs) Yeah. The dude... and, And I don't know... How much of it may have been post-production, and how much of it was Joaquin Phoenix actually like starving himself down to 
crazy unhealthy levels. I think it just went really method. And that's kind of what I think is that that's like what he actually looked like when he was filming this, which is yes. terrifying to me. It is terrifying. Yeah, like that is so terrifying. Like he's without a shirt All the a weight lot, he lost. a lot of the time. And he is, he looks terror. Like he's, he's emaciated. He's just insane how emaciated he is. And this dude takes punches and kicks that should shatter all of the bones. Going back to the comic book nature of it, one of the Joker's things is that he's not particularly strong. But he loves taking pain. He loves taking pain, and he can take yes. so much of it. Batman can shatter all of the bones at any given time, and he's still just he's slapping his head off. off. He's knocked and, his teeth out. Yeah. And you see, like, the, the everything must go sign. Like, that's a big wooden sign that gets crashed over his head and he gets kicked repeatedly. Like, he should have, like, broken ribs yep. and shit. The same thing in the subway. Bones should be, like, ribs should be cracking. That's true. He doesn't even show injury. He do- no. he shows bruises when, because... he's, when he's got his shirt off. Yeah. When he's, um, when okay. he gets a gun. And again, it, some bruising. If you, minor, minor bruising. If you're recreating a story in your head, you're not going to think about the pain. So that's not going to be what the viewer sees. Or... Or he is the Joker, and it's that's ultimately what his superpower is. His superpower is just being able to get beat and move forward, like like Rocky and yeah. Rocky Balboa, <laughs> right? Like that might be like, yeah, he's cunning and he's a criminal mastermind and he's super composed and always a step ahead in the chess game. One but he's ahead also of red line. Sorry. <laughs> But he's also able to take all these beatings from Batman and do it again in a couple he months when he escapes. It. And he loves it. Shame. It helps. But th- watching him get beat a number of times in this movie, may- maybe it's maybe that's a, that, that's a, that's a theory, man. That's it's it's highly like I think that more than likely it doesn't really fit this particular story. No, no, not because it's more of a like a unless that's, but metaphysical unless, aspect that the movie really doesn't really doesn't go into. No, for sure. As far as I know, the Joker doesn't have abilities. No, but, he's just got. Yeah. But like that's what I mean. Like it's. Are you it's, saying he has perseverance power? Essentially. Okay. Well, then he might have that. Yeah, like it's not. It's not something specific. It's not a mutation in the gene that gives him superpower. It's just for whatever reason he's insanely durable. I got a three-way tie for my favorite favorite scene. I think okay. we're in that realm. I think we have to be. Or yeah, we're going to dive into every yep. iota and nick of this movie. One's really quick, but it's perfectly well done, is the opening scene of the movie where he's applying the makeup. He has a tear running down his face, and he does. He puts his fingers in his mouth, and he does the sad clown, happy clown, where it looks like the comedy tragedy sign. It looks just like it. And that's not any effect. That's just Joaquin Phoenix, and it's quick. And I'm like, okay, we. From that point forward, I'm like, all right. No matter what I feel about this movie, you can't say crap about his performance. It's un fucking believable. His performance is out fucking standing. Yes, it is. Tie for that. That is the scene after he kills Randall, interacting. Is it Steve? Is Steve the guy? That's okay. That, that was. That's one of mine. Steve not being able to reach the lock. It's funny. It really, it's really that was funny. Yeah, hey, uh, Arthur, can you? <laughs> so for me, so I I chuckled at that scene. I chuckled yes. at that moment when he did it. And the funniest part of those before that, when he's walking by, and Steve, you're always nice to me, man. You can leave. Yes. As he's walking by, and Arthur's like, like yeah. <laughs> it's Gary. Gary, okay. Yeah. And he and he kisses his head on the way out the door. Yep. Yeah. So there's a bunch of 
there's a bunch of little subtle things. Again, talking about like his coming out as the Joker, so to speak. If there's like a moment that I think that he comes out as the Joker, it's in that scene when he kills Randall and does that with Gary. I thought locking the door. I thought when he puts the chain on. I thought he did that too on purpose. Yeah, yes. to be a dick to Gary because he's yeah. like, I'm gonna kill the big guy. And the little one's not going to be able to fucking go anywhere. Right, and that's going to be funny to me. It's yeah. going to be funny to me, and I'm going to say, you can go. He's going to realize that he can't, and now I'm going to do it again. So that like, could be the earliest seeds of the criminal mastermind. Kind of. Like, like, he, he like knew, like, he knew he had to lock it so as to get a little more enjoyment out of what he was going to eventually do to Gary. He I lets like Gary take. go, which shows... A sign of humanity. Yeah, it's compassion. Yeah, which is interesting for somebody who's, you would think, a clear sociopath. Sociopaths don't have empathy to empathy, anything, right? Yeah. Right. Although, not like sociopaths in movies, right? Like Michael Myers is a sociopath, but in the remake, he's like nice to his baby sister because his baby sister never did anything wrong to him. He's the only family member that, and he has like it's bond with his mother yeah well i mean there's also i mean that's part of it too right like it's not that you don't care for anybody necessarily but like if you didn't wrong me i don't exactly go out of my way so that's that's how he feels i think gary fits that mold for sure okay because gary was always nice to him yes yeah so i saw this movie with sequel yes and i'm pretty sure when that when you saw like the notice that the door was locked when Uh he was going to leave you were like oh no (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think my my wife said oh no too and i I just laughed i was like that sucks here it comes well the next because your fleeting moment is is he gonna kill gary now but he didn't so and you're like oh god he locked it on purpose (laughs) yeah Yeah. i fucking loved that moment him like jumping up and not being able to get it i was like that's that's so joker to me okay lastly from the moment he gets introduced onto the talk show to when he kills Murray and then walks up to the camera is one of some of the best acting I've ever seen. He is so in the moment. He's a very it's believable joke. so well done. And you know what's going to happen and you're still shocked by it. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. I was, I mean, again, I was still trying to figure out and right around the time that the curtains come up, my wife leaned into me and was like, is any of this real? I was like, I have no fucking clue. And I was trying to... This movie kept me on my toes in a lot of ways because I really wasn't sure if he was going to tell the knock-knock joke and blow his own brains out and then call into question who the real Joker is. It would have been two on the nose. I was almost positive he wasn't going to actually shoot himself ever because he's the Joker still. Unless... Unless the real Joker, the Joker that we know as the Joker, is one of the random people out in the mob and just idolizes this guy who started all this chaos and that's all he wants. There's another theory, too, that when the ambulance hits the police car and they – Joker – Arthur dies. And they they pull him out. They lay him on top of the car. He doesn't get up to like a, a rounding rounds of applause. He it's, just stays it's a metaphor there. for the Joker continuing, but it's not actually him. He just stays there dead. And then the scene you see where he's in the insane asylum, mm-hmm. he is in purgatory, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. When when you're like you just you sit there, you kill your therapist, but you're stuck there, yeah. right? And but that's the madness that he has like become accustomed to now so like that's like the perfect setting for him okay yeah 
I don't abide by that one. I, I, I don't think he's the Joker. I think it is somebody in the, the mob yeah. that was inspired by it for a couple of reasons. The years don't add up, and we see very little evidence of, he being, of him being a charming, cunning, yeah. criminal mastermind. But the body, like the 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 way he carries himself, the way he speaks, the what what he does, walking up to the camera to say that's life after he kills Murray, all of that is honestly like perfect Joker in my eyes. Like that that is the like in those moments, I'm like that is what I expect to see and feel out of a Joker character. That could be what someone took the blueprints from that broadcast. If they want to play it that yeah, way. Yeah, if they play it that way, that's exactly it, right? I mean, I have a couple of points, but maybe we should just continue with favorites and lose favorites. Yeah. If you guys want to do your favorites. So my favorites are either Gary trying to get to the door. Okay. I, that was that's, that's why I, I was going to bring it up, yeah. and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to save it because it might be my, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, the other one of my favorites is the potential that this movie opens up when you think about it more than just for face value. Like there is potential. And if you look at the things that happen after the scene that I think that he may have killed himself in his mom's house, like he may have killed his mom. That was in the hospital. In the hospital. Everything that happens after that, he goes, gets a call that says that he's going to be on the Murray show. He prepares for it. He puts the gun up to his head. Right in that moment, he kills himself. After that, Randall comes by and he kills the guy that he feels got him fired. He escapes two cops, causes a riot, kills the guy that made fun of him on national television. All of that stuff is happening in his head. To me, it's just like I I just love the idea that anything in this could be fucking not what it is, and I think that's just good filmmaking. Out of a, a Joker story, anyways. My favorite, you guys are going to hate, and probably everyone listening is going to hate. It's when he's outside the hospital being a smart ass to the cops and oh. walks into the sliding door. That's funny as hell. Fucking amazing. That's great. That's fine. Oh, get out of I here. I like it. That was get the one time in his life he was ever, like, had the upper hand in a conversation, and then he just fucking ruins it. Oh, my God. Because he's a fucking clown. Yes. Guys, <laughs> think of when he does it, when he walks into that sliding door, I. Audibly, I audibly laughed. I was like, that's fucking That was the perfect. one real laugh this movie got out of me, which was confusing to me because the it tone was, was so dark. It was such a perfect moment because he's trying to be a clown the entire movie and he's failing left and right. He looks pretty good as a clown, by the way. Like his mannerisms, the way he's doing his face. The and he, dancing and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah the way he controls his body. Amazing clown. He has a passion for it. The two worst cops I've ever seen, by the way. They're yeah. terrible. You have enough to detain the man. He, A, is a clown by trade. B, he acquired a gun. <laughs> um, <laughs> he brought it if, into public. He brought it into a children's hospital. He got fired for that. You can definitely take him in for questions. It was the same day as the shooting. <laughs> yes. There's enough there. There's enough there. Especially, it's not New York City, but in the 80s in New York City, that's more than enough. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Furthermore... Furthermore, even if they decided not to, within 24 hours of that of that conversation happening, where he walks into a sliding glass door, his mother dies. The only person that's ever been by his side is him. Why are they not just sitting in the apartment waiting for him to open the door? I don't know. 
How the fuck do they let people go into that apartment? What is happening? They must be so understaffed. Uh, yeah, yeah, they might not have noticed the mother died. In all honesty, there's no alarm going off. Yeah, too. that's the weirdest hospital in the world. Right. When somebody flatlines, there there is a code. Yes, nurses are sent. Yeah, she's hooked up to an EKG. Yeah, you, you can hear actually it. hear the flatline yeah. sign. You hear the beeping. It you gets progressively faster, but there is no flatline. Yeah. No flatline. It's like, so weird. Yeah, maybe that doesn't happen either. I guess. It, that's Nothing the, in this that's, movie is that's real. That's the answer to every question. Yeah, it's I, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So, Joe, it. I'm on I'm on your side here. If listeners hate that, they can come talk to me. Okay. I'll gladly shut them down. Tell them why it's no, a great fucking No, you don't moment. have to you don't have to shut them down. I don't have yeah, to. You, know, you it's, don't need to. It's it's yeah. I guess. It's up to interpretation. It was mostly a joke the way I said it yes. that if people weren't going to like it, it's fine. <laughs> Least favorites we should do cuz man it's long. Yes. yes. And I still have a couple of points that we oh, have good. to bring up. Yes. All right. Uh my least favorite is going to be quick cuz I said it once, so I'll say it again. Did not need Thomas Wayne to die. Thomas and Martha did not Mine need is the to same die. one, so we're saving time. Okay, yep. mine is the interaction of Thomas Wayne initially in the theater when he sneaks in in a stupid, stupid way. <laughs> a riot's going on, he just slips under the barricade, and nobody notices. Yep. No, forget it. And the, 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 even though he's wearing a bellhop uniform, he's so freaking creepy. He's just yeah. standing there in the back. He's going to be escorted He's out of there. Instantly. He's watching he, the show standing in front of a bunch of people. Yes. Like, he fucking starts like mimicking Charlie Chaplin. I hate it. I like the fact that you see him watching Charlie Chaplin. That's pretty cool. Charlie Chaplin is like the clown of the silent film era. Like the tra- it's 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 really awesome. And a lot of his dancing and mannerisms very similar. Very similar. Yep. Really cool. The, just how we got to that point. And what happened immediately after in the bathroom? It's, everything is so convenient, like. and he looks into everything. Yes. Yep. Which is what you would do yeah, if you're making up a exactly. story in your head. Yep. yep. Okay, here's my question. Go ahead. Is this the best Joker performance? Fuck. God damn it, I didn't want to get here. I didn't want to have to put my feet on this fire. Okay, I have my answer. It's the best acting performance that we get. It is not my favorite my favorite live action is still Heath Ledger, and that's because I enjoy watching that movie a lot. <laughs> I didn't enjoy this. I'm going to agree with pretty much everything you said. Also, it help, doesn't hurt that we get so much Joker in this because yes. it's a Joker movie. If right. Heath Ledger got his, had gotten his own movie, maybe we'd think the same of his version. True. Who knows? But Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in Yes, this. he is. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing in this. And I don't really even like this movie. Yeah, right. The perform- his performance is un fucking believable however i don't think i'm ever going to like a live action joker as much as i like keith ledger and again i think it's because at the at least at least heath ledger is the joker in the cunning smartest man in the room way yes that i think is important to have in a joker he heath ledger looks unhinged and he's still smart and composed this is yeah, he's, he such is more insanity. in control. But then again, this is the the origin. The origin. It's of not the Joker. really like yeah. a fair question. Yeah. Like thinking about it is because again, this is an origin story. This is his movie. Like, but Heath Ledger, it like I feel is Joker at the peak of his powers. <laughs> like he's peak. Like, like you're not getting yeah, any more seasoned Joker. Yes, ex- exactly. Even though he kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Like that's a veteran Joker right there. Yeah, and this is really raw rookie joker just coming into his own form he just got drafted so my, my second question go ahead 
we love movies. We do. We, we do. see a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, Taron Egerton as Elton John probably had the nod for me for best actor for this year. Does this surpass that? It is a conversation. I would imagine it does in the eyes of the voters. I in mean, the eyes I, of you. I could see it going either way. Yeah. Okay, so... I think this is more impactful, but I like Taron Egerton as Elton John more than this. Let's... Oscar moment to Oscar moment. Right? The one scene in Rocketman that says this scene is the reason that Taron Egerton deserves the best Oscar nod. What is that one moment? Probably the drug-induced montage of him performing and going from performance to performance. Okay, so that... Okay, that's interesting. Okay. Fair. And also the fact it's not a moment, but he sang. That's, he did that's sa- him that's singing. An, yeah, that's an incredible. So if there was to if for me, if there was a moment that like he had like a speech that he gave that was like, oh, that's the Oscar poll, it's the scene when he's when he after he leaves Madison Square Garden and actually drives himself to rehab. Okay. And he like so we catch up to him and then he has that long thing and he starts like apologizing to the other people that walk in that's that scene for me so if i compare that scene to joaquin on the murray show i'd probably take joaquin scene like scene for scene like the one scene versus the one scene i think i'd go egerton that's fair for that comparison i i want i think egerton overall in the performance probably edges it out in the long run but if i only have to pick one scene and judge it based off of one scene of each the best scene in this probably is the it's better than the best scene in that. Again, it's recency bias. I, I think Joaquin's just a slight nod better. But slight is a is is a very good word for it. Egerton sings. It yeah. sounds just like him. That's the thing. Like if if you switch them, Joaquin can't play Elton John. Nope. But Taron Egerton might be able to pull this off, not nearly as well, but passable. Yeah. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix would make a pretty terrible <laughs> Elton John. He would. He really would. But yeah, that's cast. He would never be cast as Elton John. He would never no. agree to do such a thing. Taron Egerton would up. never be cast as the Joker. There would be 200 people I would cast as the Joker probably before Taron Egerton. Damn. Okay. But, but however... Not 200. 200 is Joaquin Phoenix played... Uh, Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Who doesn't really sing. Just talks in the rhythm. Yeah. That's a vote. That's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, I'm not knocking Johnny. Johnny no, no, you're Cash. right. You're right. But that's the very different. It's very different style of music. Yes, but um, I don't know. Ragged Man was great. This performance has stuck with me. <laughs> I think. <laughs> like, I think, I think about might... it when I go to bed. Like it's. <laughs> I try not to think about it when I, I go to bed. I, I spent a lot of today mulling it over because I saw it last night. I saw it last night and went immediately to bed. I did not I, want to see this movie at night, and I'm glad I didn't. I got off the train at 5.45. My show started at 6.30. I got out at around 8.45-ish. By the time I got home, washed up, took a shower, and went to bed, it was 9.45, 10-ish. I literally did nothing but watch this movie and go to bed. I think I watched three minutes of Monday Night Football. I saw you Cleveland get... kick a field goal. I saw Cleveland kick a field goal, turned it off, and... I guess that's your palate cleanse. Not, I mean, barely. I mean, yeah. I needed one. I I probably should have had one, but I did not. And it. Well, the Yankees won this week. <laughs> Raise my spirits a bit. People at my school are already predicting that they're taking this serious. But that's fucking bold, bro. You went to one. It's so Yankees. Hey man, we can't add this kind of time to the episode. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. 
Did you have another question? Or was that the last that, one? Those were the last two points I wanted to address. Damn, those are big. Is Flash Gordon the second best Jets quarterback? No. Mount Rushmore, baby. Is the Joker the third best Jets quarterback? Probably. Probably. <laughs> anyway. Right up there with Flash. We should probably rate the movie. We should get to that part. Oh, God. I know. It's going to be tough. I think I have my rating now. I th- also think I have mine. So we've come to the part of the episode where we're done talking about the movie except for the rating part. And we give every movie that we review a rating of 1 to 6 Infinity Stones. If you give it 6 stones, you can also give it a gauntlet. Let's find out how many stones Joker's getting from each of us. Sequel, you get the unfortunate pleasure of going first. Rewatchability has been a big factor in rating these movies. This movie has rewatchability for a totally different reason. It's not rewatchability because I want to have a good time and enjoy myself. It's rewatchability because there's so much going on and it's so layered. This movie is an onion. And you just kind of, the movie guy in me just wants to keep peeling it back, peeling it back, peeling it back. Because I'm pretty sure you can go into every single scene, dissect it, try to figure out what's going on, and you're just opening a door and getting a clue, which leads to another clue, which leads to another clue. And it's an endless loop. But I kind of want to do it. It is brilliant filmmaking. I, it's, a, it's a great social commentary. They do, they do a lot. The acting performances, uh, well, the acting performance, because Joaquin Phoenix is the movie, is the best we've seen all year. I'm going to give this movie six stones. I am not giving it the gauntlet. I can't give it the gauntlet because I was so disturbed leaving the theater that it just doesn't deserve the gauntlet. But it's one of the most technically well-made movies I've seen in a long time. Again, normally I, I... base my ratings on how I felt when I left the theater, so I'm totally going off the off the wall because I felt like a piece of garbage <laughs> when, I, when I left the theater. You're not the only one. But Maybe that's the point, though, right? That's, if that's the point, then it definitely achieved what it wants to do. I get why people don't like it, and I get why people are afraid and why security is being beefed up at movie theaters across the country during, during the premiere of this thing. People think something's going to happen. It's just the time that we live in. I don't know if this was a responsible movie to, to make at this point. Probably not. But again, no. it's, it's, it's not, not with that social commentary. It's, it's not my call to make it. I went, I saw it, and that's it. Six stones. Listen, wow. last, last, time, last time a Joker movie call, uh, came out, a dude walked into a viewing of said movie with an automatic assault rifle and killed a bunch of people in Colorado. Yep. Technically, it's a Bane movie. Was that for Returns? I thought that was for... I thought that was Dark Knight. No. That was Dark Knight. It's... He had his... All right. It's, it came out... It was for Dark Knight Rises. Oh, sure. Oh, shit. It's okay. after that. And he had his hair dyed bright orange. And the cop on the scene goes, oh, he dressed up like the... He didn't dress up like the... Oh, okay, never mind. Like, it... That well, either way, it was that still kind a of Batman got, movie. Yes, it was a Batman oh. movie. That, and it was it was a tragedy. And of course, yeah. You, you hate to see anything like that. And if anything like that happens because of this movie, if anyone claims responsibility for this uh, responsibility for said attack be, from watching the Joker, that's just a really unfortunate and sad thing. And maybe things should change. I don't know. Corey, what are you giving it? I left the theater saying this is going to get at least five stones. That's what I said. At least five stones. I knew it was going to sit at five. I think it's getting five stones for me from the brilliance of the movie and the filmmaking. I totally agree with the sequel. I even feel like they did the thing where they put like a filter over the screen to give it like a hazy, this was made in the 80s feel to it. And a bunch of it is not like super 
sharp and crisp. They had the WB logo from the 80s. They which had the pretty WB good, logo good from the 80s. Nice touch. Yes. Uh, and then he's going to get one extra stone from Joaquin Rick Phoenix alone. I think his performance is unfucking believable I cannot stress that enough. I agree. Six stones, no gauntlet. Very well technically made film. Joaquin Phoenix's performance is off the charts. I felt really gross leaving this movie. And I'm pretty sure, leaving the movie, that I hated it. Just because of how it made me feel. You're making me try to root for the Joker. You're releasing this film that people I fear and hope that God don't misinterpret it as if people mess with you, do stuff to them. Because that's not... That's, I don't think that's what they're trying to get across, no. but I could see someone taking that from this. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. God, I hope I, not. No. I don't, I don't think this movie to needed to, to be. I just don't. It's really well made. I get it, and I know that they wanted to tell the Joker story and do it in a provocative way that fits the Joker, but I don't agree with it. I didn't enjoy watching it. Wow, okay. So, I mean, the highest I could possibly go is four stones for a movie I didn't like watching. Because I'm never watching this movie again unless something radically changes in my brain. So I'm giving it four stones. It's really well made, but it's just not for me. Fair. Perfectly fair. Yeah, absolutely. A rating of zero to six is fair. (laughs) I totally understand. understand. You get no argument from me. Coming out of the theater, I was given it max two. And then I stopped to think about it. I'm like, I should give more points to the fact that they made a competent movie and they made it really well. They did. It's the movie buff in me that's like, there's so much in here to delve into, sink your teeth into. Exactly. I've been waiting for a movie that made me think and made me want to go back and like, Look at all the littler details it, for such a long time. And there have been movies that I've been like, oh, I want to go back and look at all the little details. But just because I want to do that with movies, this is like, I'm compelled to do it. And those are our ratings for Joker. If you want to know what you thought of the movie Joker, there are so many ways you can get in contact with us. The first one is an email sent to zthpodcast.gmail.com. Boom. Boom. You can send your favorite Abbo and Costello bits to us over on Twitter at ZTH Podcast. Or nice. do your best Joker makeup, whichever one you think is best, and send those pictures over to us on Instagram at ZTH Podcast. Find a meme of the Great Mouse Detective and put it on our Facebook wall. It's facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast or search with us within Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes, Zeros and Heroes, and an ES. Go on iTunes or your podcast app. Give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show. And share our post on Facebook and Twitter if you get the chance. And tell people about the show because word of mouth is a powerful thing. And we could always use more listeners. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We talked for a long time about this movie. There's, yeah. Not even as long as I thought we might. Honestly, we could go we on could. for another half hour. At least that. But you need to go to bed. I do. I'm yeah. tired myself. I gotta put gas in my car too. I don't think I'll make it home without it. So next time, join us for a very differently toned movie. We're going to be doing Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Woohoo! That should be fun. I'm so excited about this. I saw that for the first time recently, like within the past year. Oh my god. I've seen this movie a bunch. I've seen it once. Minimum 15 times for me. Wow, that's a lot. And that's a minimum. But enough about that. We'll talk about that movie next week. So until next time, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Joker is definitely Arthur Arthur Fleck's favorite movie. God, I stumbled through that. It's okay. Good night. (laughs) 